Welcome to Pepperon Fuchs Plugged In, where automation professionals can stay in touch with the latest enhancements in sensing, data communication, and control. Welcome to episode one of Pepperon Fuchs Plugged In. In this first segment, I will be talking with Till Hofmeyer from our product management team in Mannheim about a new line of 18 millimeter ultrasonic sensors. Hello, Till. Hi, Helga. Till, what are the highlights of this new sensor family? The UC18GS really is high-end. It has lots of power features, resulting in many application benefits. Okay, then let's get right into those. Why don't you tell me about the five most important innovations in this product line? Oh, Helga, there's so many, but I'll try to stick to the five most important ones. Go ahead. What's number one? A really cool feature that helps in application is our adjustable sound beam width. Okay, and that is useful and important because of what? Ultrasonic, as any wave, propagates outwards. So we have a sort of sound cone opening. It's not like a laser beam that is straight. And our technology allows to focus that sound beam to make it more narrow. If you have a very tight environment, or to make it broader if you want to capture the most of an uneven surface, for example. All right, and feature benefit number two. We have a built-in interference target suppression. And why would you need to use that, please? It could be that in the area you want to survey, you want to detect something, there is a disturbance that will always be there. Imagine in a tank you have a sort of metal beam in the middle for support, and our technology allows to eliminate these interference targets with a simple click of a button in the DTM software. Okay. So you can detect objects in front or behind that suppressed target with ease. All right, very good, very good. Number three then, please. We have a built-in automatic synchronization. And automatic synchronization means what? Ultrasonic sensors emit ultrasonic waves, and as long as there's only one sensor present, that is no problem. But if you try to build many ultrasonic sensors closer together, they could interfere with each other, because how would sensor 2 know that the ultrasonic wave coming back is from him and not from his colleague? Okay. So we have an automatic synchronization. All you have to do is wire up the sensors you want to synchronize, and they do the synchronization automatically. Okay, very nice, very nice. Now, feature number four, please. Feature number four would be very small deadbands. Okay, and deadband, explain what deadband means. Deadband is the area just in front, or the distance just in front of your sensor, where you can't perform measurements. Why is that? Ultrasonic measures the speed of sound. And we need a certain minimum distance to be able to measure the distance precisely. So that means that the sound wave has to kind of die down. Absolutely. We have to wait for some to come back. Okay, got it. Got it. Because we're sending and receiving with the same microphone, let's say, with the same okay. transducer. Okay. And the smaller that that band, you close, you the closer you can measure to your sensor, and ours down to 30 millimeters. All right, very good. And number five, last one. What do you think is the number five? Last one is we have an advanced temperature compensation. Okay, what makes it advanced? Um, Sound waves uh, depend on the temperature, or uh, better said, the 
speed of the sound depends on temperature. So when you have an ultrasonic sensor that uses ultrasound, you have to take into account the ambient temperature. That's what almost every ultrasonic sensor does to have precise measurements. But what happens if you power up your sensor? The sensor gets warm. Yeah. So during that power up phase, your measurements will drift a little bit. And in some cases, you need to wait five to up to 20 minutes, depending on the sensor, to have no more drift and precise and reliable measurement data. With the advanced temperature compensation, we take into account the power on drift, so the speed of the temperature change, and can calculate precisely what the final temperature will be and already compensate in the warm-up phase for that power on drift wow. and have precise measurements 30 seconds to one minute after startup, which is really fast. Oh, that. That's impressive. Yeah, clearly, you know, waiting five minutes for a machine to start just because the sensor isn't up to temperature, that's, that's not acceptable. Absolutely. That's, that's a tough thing to swallow. Okay, now, Till, uh, those sensors, I presume they're IO-Link? Absolutely, they're IO-Link. We packed in so many features, it would be a nightmare to configure them all with just two buttons, which we also have. IO-Link is just great and versatile to send process data and to configure a sensor. Okay, so on the topic of configuration, what are the configuration methods of this family? Well, for the easy parameters, we have two push buttons. Let's say get the distance for your digital output. When you want to switch it on, switch it off. We also have IO-Link, which allows us to parameterize the sensor via yep. a standard software, which is Pactware. And third, we have the Erda infrared interface. Okay, what, what is that? That is, I'm not very familiar with it, please. The infrared interface allows us to link to the sensor once it's built in in an IO-Link environment. So you can run your machine, run it via IO-Link, and no need to access IO-Link master the machine whatsoever. Just use your infrared interface, hook it up to the sensor on the outside, the connection between sensor and IO-Link master is not disturbed at all, and you can read all the values and all the parameters and see if everything works according to plan. So this is a read-only interface? Absolutely. Or if IO-Link is not connected, you can also parameterize the sensor. The big advantage is you can have IO-Link and Earth at the same time, and Earth then allows you to get direct. Okay. Now, on the topic of Pactware, you, you briefly mentioned Pactware. Um, I think we offer a DTM. Absolutely. Pactware uses some small software packages, DTM, you could say, are an old standard. And like every other PNF sensor, we come with a DTM where you have a graphical interface. We can easily do your interference target suppression, adapt the sound cone with, and it's really comfortable. And all you need is an IO Link Master with USB, link it to your PC, install DTM, and you're good to go. Okay, so I, I take it we did all that for the benefit of the user, more flexibility, more power to the sensor. Absolutely, because it's so versatile, the graphic user interface really helps you to get the best for your application. Awesome, awesome. Now, let's talk about outputs. Ultimately, every sensor needs to be connected to a, a controller, an input card of sorts. What do we do? in terms of outputs, what's available? Well, we have IO-Link, so we can send our process data via link, but that's not all because sometimes the basic and the easy is the best. So we have either variants with one digital output and one analog output, or variants with two digital outputs, depending on the application on hand. Uh, that's amazing, all in a very small package. Absolutely. Okay. An analog, of course, current or voltage, 
whatever you need. So let's close this up. I'm, I'm going to ask you to think about it while I do a, a very brief recap. Think about five words or so that you want the listeners to, to take away from our episode. So you think about the five words that best describe the sensor family. And I'm going to real quick talk about the features we covered. We covered the, the beam width, the adjustable beam width. We covered interference suppression. We covered auto-synchronization. We covered the very small deadband and advanced temperature compensation. So, Tim, up to you. Five words or less, what makes this sensor really special? Wow, that was a good recap. Thank you, Helge. I thought about something that should quite fit the five words. I'd say it's a versatility champion with compact design. Wow, right on the money. Five words. Excellent. Till, thank you very much for joining us today, and you have a great day. Thanks, Helge. Bye-bye. Welcome back to this second segment of Pepple and Fuchs Plugged In. In this segment, I will be talking with Sean Bauman about some maybe lesser-known products from the PNF offering. We're talking about quartzets. Yeah, quartzets in general. Hello, Sean. Hello, Helga. How are you doing? Doing just fine. So, Sean, what are the products that uh, we should be talking about today? You know, with, with time in mind, I only want to speak about a few, but... I would like to start this conversation with our offering of Ethernet cables. Ethernet cables. Why in the world would anybody want to buy an Ethernet cable from Pepple and Fuchs? These are available just about everywhere, online, in grocery stores nowadays even. Well, in short, it's just the overall quality. Typically, the transmission performance is pretty comparable, but Pepple and Fuchs offers industrial-grade versions that feature a far more robust construction for specifically harsh environments subject to factors like temperature, humidity, uh, vibration, flexing, and also noise interference. So you're, you're talking not only mechanical aspects, but quality in terms of data as well? Absolutely. Mechanical robustness is, is definitely important just due to you know rubbing of the cables being perhaps laid in cable trays with other cables or other physical abrasive factors. But also there's a requirement for the reliable operation of the rest of everything that's connected to it. The products that are transmitting data also need to be reliable in in how they transmit that data. Okay. And how do our cables accomplish that goal? How are they different? So for the industrial cables, Ethernet cables that we offer, they offer a shielding around the uh, conductor wires. Typically... The, the commercial grade that you can buy off of Amazon or from a hardware store have twisted pair of cables. Um, mm-hmm. But what they're lacking is the shielding that protects these data transmitting conductors. And in the case of Pepper and Fuchs Ethernet cables, we offer shielded twisted pair cables, which means that the conductor wires are both braided and have a foil shield protecting them from, from outside interference sources. Okay, so I understand that the shielding is there not just for the better transmission quality, a single quality, but also has a mechanical benefit to the cable. Yeah, to some extent. I think it's mostly the cable jacket that's offering the physical resistance, but the shielding has, has some small minor effect. Uh, the shielding is mostly there for the protection against uh, interference sources. Okay. 
So is it is it fair to summarize that PNF cables are mechanically tough and uh, electrically superior? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I think I would also add that just in general, the type of data transmission uh, being Category 5, the shielded network cables are almost a must-have for these noisy environments of the industrial world or in cases where yeah. or also in the cases where maybe there are high voltage power sources or power cables running nearby and then since i mean since we have much more complex and demanding networks i think that it's it's even more required that you need your network cables to be reliable okay okay great so there's there's a second segment that i wanted to talk to you about where connectivity products are uh, a must and where they are certainly seeing a lot of abuse, and that is the mobile equipment application markets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as you kind of can probably imagine, cables that are in these mobile equipment applications are required to survive some of the most demanding environmental conditions. This could be anything from heat, cold, rain, salt, oils, UV radiation, and, and then there's also high levels of shock and vibration. So what specifically, what, what are the improvements that you want to mention to our listeners when it comes to mobile equipment cables? So specifically, the connector types that the mobile equipment industry generally uses would be the Deutsch DT, uh, DTM, and then there are also AMP and circular plastic uh, connectors or CPC connector types. And if I, if I, sorry, if I may interrupt you, th these are typically cables that where factory automation has a, a spinning nut. These are kind of click in, right? You kind of push them in and they, they're latched in place. Sure. Sure. Push in with, with a snapping feature and that's, that's how they hold their, their connection. All right. But uh, sorry, I, I, as I said, I interrupted you. You were, you were talking about the resistance, the field resistance, the application resistance. Yeah, you can get DT, DTM connectors just online, but what you're not getting with, with these connectors is the overmolded and sealing features. Uh, generally, uh, field-assembled DT or whatever Deutsch connector, they're exposing leads. There's no true sealing function. Um, sure, maybe you can use a heat shrink, but the, the mold provides a much cleaner look, a better seal, and it's also a little more flexible. Okay. I've heard of a term in this, in this uh, context that it's longitudinal waterproofing or waterproof, longitudinal waterproof. What, what does that mean? Can you explain that, please? So in the case of longitudinal ingress, moisture or water typically enters the cable um, through either ineffective sealing of the end or um, maybe there's a poorly made joint or termination. In the case of, of Pepperon Fuchs's overmolded connectors, this is made much more robust through complete encapsulation, which also relieves strain on the individual cable conductors. So that means that the water is not seeping along the conductor or seeping along the, the wire from a far end and ultimately end up in a piece of equipment. Is that, is that correct? Is that the way I need to understand this? Correct, correct. Um, this prevents water from potentially causing a short uh, with you know, whatever it's connected to. Okay. Now, let me, let me ask you about, um, you, you mentioned Deutsch connector. There's, there's many kinds and, and, and many, many form factors. 
Talk about the completeness of our offering. What do we have in terms of size and, and styles? So for the DT connectors, we currently have two, three, four, and six pole, um, both socket and plug types. With the DTM, we we have the two pole and uh, also three pole. And then for the uh, AMP and CPC connectors, we just we have the tooling for for both of these, um, so it's it's definitely a possibility. Um, but with all of these combinations, uh, we can either do single ended, double ended, and also we can adapt these to our M12 connectors to create connections uh, that maintain with our sensors. So that's that's quite that's that's quite a quite an offering you you have available for us. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah, and all so, these. Son. So oh yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead, please. I was going to say all these together, um, we, we connect them with uh, our outdoor rated cable jacket, which is particularly aimed for the outdoor mar- markets. Well, that makes sense. You know, you take a you take a r- tough connector with a tough cable in a tough application. Sure, sure. Good. So on on the way out, I, I have just as as always, I have one question for you in in five words or less. Okay. What should our listeners take away from our conversation when it comes to Pepon Fuchs court sets for tough applications? I think just some words to remember about um, Pepon Fuchs connectivity is that we are suitable for industrial application uh, environmental conditions. That was, if I remember, if I counted right, exactly six words. So you one word over, that's fine. You know, we, we strike the four just to make it grammatically correct. Well, if we strike that, you're... You're right on the money. Excellent job. Thank you very much, Sean. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the update uh, today. And to everybody else, thank you very much for listening to Pepper and Fuchs Plugged In. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Pepper and Fuchs Plugged In. Please subscribe to our channel and never miss hearing about the latest innovations in factory automation.